Michael, I'm one of the pastors here today at the church. Um, I guess I am tomorrow as well. Maybe. We'll see. I have been for a while. But um, we're excited to have you with us today. Um, you know, we've been playing this, uh, this stump the rabbi game here in Matthew. And essentially that's what's happening is um, the Pharisees take a shot at him. And the Sadducees take a shot at him. And, um, and now it's time for the Pharisees to come back. Um, and I just had this brief moment of, you know, stump the rabbi. Our contestant today is the returning champion, Jesus of Nazareth. That's right, folks. Can anything good come from Nazareth, Bob? Yes, actually. Um, you know, the thing about it is, uh, is this would have been something that would have been a common thing for rabbis to encourage one another, to test one another, to grow each other's faith by debating each other, by discussing the scriptures, by um, talking about God. Now, they had sinister motives behind it, but this would be how you would grow in your faith, would be to challenge one another and to talk about it, to think about it over and over, to repeat it again and again, to teach the children to write it on your doorposts, to tie it to your forehead. It would be to think of God at all times, to be with God at all times. And so naturally this would create conversations around God. Who is God? Amen, Alex. And there would be these debates These questions. And so there's one after another. One of the greatest questions debate worthy of the day was what is the greatest commandment? You see, there were a ton in the Old Testament. Lots of laws, lots of commands. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the ten. Pretty famous. You get a lot of billing. There's the ten commandments. But one of the things that the rabbis tried to do was to winnow that down, was to get it to something That encompassed everything. This was one of the great discussions and debates of the day. And so at verse 34, we find where the Pharisees bring this to Jesus. Matthew 22, 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they thought up a fresh question of their own to ask him. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So here you go. They ask the question, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus answers it with the Shema. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Now, a better Hebraic interpretation of that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, would be with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your exceedinglys. It's a weird word. I don't even know if it actually is. With all of your exceedingliness. See, because the mind would have been a given. Some interpretations say strength. Another word in one of the other Gospels, it says strength. But essentially what it's saying is 
everything. 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 Even that? Yes! Has anybody ever trained for a marathon? Anybody? Raise your hand if you train for a marathon. Okay, yeah, a few people. Crazy. And then there's the sayings of us. Um, but yeah, there's these, you, you, when you're training for a marathon you, and you're running the marathon, I hear there's this point called the wall where you hit the wall. Is it called the wall? Something like that? Where it's like, no more. I'm done. I'm out. You know, pull me back in. And you got to give every, you're exceedingly to burst through that, to continue. It's kind of like that moment. Following God, worshiping God, loving God. It's like you get to that moment where you can't do it any longer and you just burst through. It's this realization that when God says, "I I want you to love me with everything, that doesn't mean that I want you to love me on Sunday morning. And then come Monday, you're back to yourself. That doesn't mean I want you to love me on Wednesday mornings when you get up and you do your little Bible study with your friends or on those, those days where you do quiet times. I want you to love me there and that's fine. I'm good with that. No. God says everything. All your heart, all your soul, your very being, everything to the very core of who you are is about the love of God. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. That song, The Great I Am, um, the first service brought me down. Um, the, our worship team is great, and I love that they're, they're back. And um, Downey was great last week, too. But I, there have been many times when stuff's gone on during the week or in my life, and I'm in a point where they, they bring a song to us. And we're going through this song and it has moved me to tears and I have to stop singing um, at that moment because of what we're saying. And and I I remember multiple times when we've gone through stuff with grace and we hit this moment of, of worship and this feeling that God is in control just overwhelms me. And I've been... You know, just, emo- I mean, y'all know I get emotional um, about grace anyway. And, and, and so that, that moment happens this morning, we're seeing this great, I am, and it's just build up. And, and it, and it was, I had to stop singing because I knew if I did, it was the ugly cry that was coming. And not only did I stop singing, it actually brought me down. I had to sit and I scooted to the very edge and I was that close to getting on my knees, but I removed myself from the situation and began to think about my sermon and missed it. But it brought me down and I've never experienced that before. Jenna has. I see her do it all the time. She just lets herself go and God and goes, exceedingliness, go! And sometimes I'm jealous of that. You know, you ever love someone? I mean, like, love them. You know what I'm talking about? It's like they fail you, but you love them. They burn you up, but you love them. This is Corbin right now in our house. 
Drives me nuts. He just wears me slick, as one of my friends in Oklahoma says. Thanks, Alex. I am here, buddy. And, and, he, and he goes and he just does these things. And, and Jenna says, in, in her recount of most situations, well, he wasn't acting like this when you weren't here. That doesn't make me feel better. He was perfectly well behaved until you walked in. Great. Grace is the same way with you. Ha ha. And, and, I, and so he and I were like, we get into these standoffs because the boy's brilliant in a scary way. I pray that he uses it for good. And we get into these standoffs and he knows how to push my buttons. And I just, man, for the, for the life of me, it drives me nuts. And my blood pressure goes and I can feel my blood pressure going and I can feel anger welling up inside of me. Me who has always prided myself in being patient. And it drives me just so nuts. But then there's that moment in the midst of the anger where he flashes a smile. It's my boy. You're getting a spanking, but I love you. (laughs) For example, we had this moment not too long ago and stop me if you've heard this. Don't actually, because it's funny. Um, he was, he was dressed in a Batman costume because he's all into superheroes and he likes to dress up and things. And um, he did something that deserved a spanking. So we talk about it. What happens when you do this? I get a spanking. And I'm like, that's right, buddy. Here, you know, I don't, it's going to hurt me more than it is you. <laughs> that still is not true. But, um, and so, you know, we give him the, we give him the spanking and he's like, is it going to be a hard one or, or not? And I went, what do you mean it's going to be? It's going to be a spanking. All right. Just Get over the knee and let's get it done with and move on with our day. And so I give him the spanking and just, just tears start coming. And, you know, at that point you feel so bad, but you know, you got to do it. Spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, God says it. Okay, God. Um, and so we're going through this motion. He's just, he's just losing it, crying. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I hug him. Every time I spank him, I give him a hug and say, I love you. And he says it this time. It's not a good idea to hurt Batman. I'm like, did you just threaten me? (laughs) But it was so incredibly awesome in that moment where I had been so angry at what he had done. I had spanked him. And he shares this moment where I'm like, oh, man, I love you so much. If you do it again, I'm still going to spank you. But that was just, you know, so it was that moment of just you love them. They drive you nuts. But you love them. That's what God does. Yes. We drive him nuts all the time, but he loves us so much. There are so many times where he just wants to lose it on us. He's like, oh, really, Michael? We're going to have a spanking, but I'm going to hug you and love you afterwards. And I'm going to love you through it because I love you. I love you. It doesn't matter what you do. I love you. And it's not conditional. It's not, it's not only for a brief period of time. It is always, always. It doesn't just happen on a specific day that God moves into your life and says, I love you. No, it's all of the time. And what he asks for us is to do the same, to love him 
with that ability to burst through anything. Not just in those moments where things are going well, but in those moments where you're in the pit of despair. To love him, to love him, to love him with everything. So that when that wall comes, you burst forth with the love of God. How do you do that? You can't do it unless you spend time with them. Now you can love your family members that live in Ohio. But if you don't see them all the time and and if you're not in their lives all the time, you can't love them in such a way that it just bursts through walls. You can love them, sure. But it's the people that you spend time with and relationship with, that you hurt with, that you cry with, that you celebrate with, that you're in the hospital when they have their baby, that you're in the hospital when their mom's sick. Those moments, those people are the ones where that love is so great. It's because you're there in relationship, something God designed us for. And so he says, love me with everything. You can't do it unless you're with them. You can't do it on a conditional basis. God, I'm going to love you with everything on Sunday morning from 11 to noon. And a lot of times that's what the church has taught us. Is that we come on Sunday and we love God. And we get fed for the week. And we go and by Saturday, our spiritual tank is empty, so we got to go back and love God some more and let it fill back up. And God's like, why are you ever getting close to empty? Why? Why do you limit my love to one day? Look, I got to tell you, I'm not criticizing you or harping on you. I'm talking to myself. It's all the time. All your heart, all your soul, all your exceedingliness, everything. And then Jesus says, and second, and equally as important, is to love your neighbor as yourself. This comes from Leviticus 19. It comes out of this section where it talks about how to deal with people in a way that honors God. And it finishes by saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Somebody came up to me after the first service and said, how do you do that if they don't love you back? It's easy to love someone that's happy and joyful and and loves you back. And I said, see the first one. You can't love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love God first. It's as equally as important, but it has to come in that order. Love God first, and then you can't help but love others. If you begin to get into this understanding and this relationship with God that everything was created by him. If that each one of us was lovingly and beautifully knit together in our mother's wombs. If each one of us is a son or daughter of the most high. If each one of us is an heir to the kingdom of heaven. If you begin to see people in that way. Loving them becomes a whole lot easier. But we live in a world and a society that teaches us to look at each other by worth, by value. We live in a world and a society that puts labels on people. That puts some people way up here and other people way down here. For various reasons. 
education, economics, the color of your skin, your sexual orientation, maybe just the sex that you are. The degree of sin that you have committed that people in the community know about. The job that you have or don't. The neighborhood that you live in. All these different things are ways that we label and place people in society. And we say, we look at them and say, this is the way you are dressed, where you live, what you drive, where you work. I know your value in our world. The fact of the matter is, if we had seen Jesus when Jesus was born, where he was born, we would have put him in a category not very welcome category that none of us would want to be in you're poor you're dirty you were born in filth and yet that's where the king of kings decided to come but we live in a world that points fingers and yells at one another and says i'm better than you we live in a thing in a world that's all about us all about me there's even messages from some pastors that talk about the importance of you But all that does is set us apart from the rest of the world, from the rest of creation. All it does is set us as an individual amongst other individuals. And what I see when I see the kingdom of heaven is a body of Christ. What I see when I read the scripture is that it takes all of us to make the body of Christ. All of us. When I look at the scripture and I look at who my God is, I know that there is not a single person that has ever walked on the face of the earth that God did not lovingly create. That God did not sit back and go, oh, man, she is awesome. He is beautiful. I love this person. I can't believe I have created this person to be like this. Oh. Think of the worst person that's ever lived in your estimation. Yep. Yeah. When God thought of them, he loved them. And you know what? He never stopped. When Jesus Christ came and gave up his Godship to walk among us, and to love us until death and into life. He didn't say, I'm going to die for these people and these people and these people, but not for these people. The scripture says, for God so loved the world. Not for God so loved these people and only these people. That he sent his son. No, it's for God's soul of the world. Every one of us. And look, I got to tell you, sometimes it's hard. Because, you know, look around you. you. You people aren't very nice. You know, let's be honest. Yeah, you have some positive attributes about yourself, but not all the time. We drive around here. I know who you are. I'm in line behind you at the express line in H-E-B, and you clearly have 13 items when it says 10. I know who you are. 
Look, I, I have a short temper. I don't know why. It's come out of nowhere over the past few years. I do know why. His name's Corbin. But I have this short temper that has come. And there are times when I hold things for a long time. I guess I have a short fuse would be more appropriate. And things that build up that have nothing to do with Corbin or nothing to do with my wife or nothing to do with my daughter. They just happen to be there the moment that I spark. And they get the brunt of my anger. Why? Well, because I love them and they'll take it. And they love me. But I'm not a nice guy to be around all the time at home. Some of you might be thinking you're not a nice guy to be around at other places either. <laughs> but I have these issues. And you know what? I guarantee you it's hard for them to love me sometimes. I'm sure it is. And it breaks my heart to think that. Breaks my heart because outside of Jesus Christ, there, there's nobody on the face of the earth that I love more than my family. And yet sometimes I forget to love God with everything. It's sometimes hard to love each other, isn't it? It's sometimes hard to live in this world of self-proclaimed gods and love each other. But as you accept the freedom and gift of salvation, as you begin to live a life that loves God, you begin to see people through his lens and not your own. And sure, people are going to fail you. People are going to irritate you. And you're going to fail people and you're going to irritate people because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that has not been completely redeemed. Yet we have a promise from God that as we live for him, we have access to the kingdom of heaven now. We have a savior who taught us to pray. And he wasn't shy about the fact that he said, on earth as it is in heaven. Right now, we have access to this redemptive power This love. God is a God of mercy and peace and justice. And it would be so much better if we remembered that and believed that and didn't leave that here. If we just, if we just remember that it's not only on Sunday that God loves us and that we are to love each other. But it's tomorrow and Thursday at three o'clock and Saturday morning. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's the Shema. What if we began to believe that and to live that? What if we began to operate as agents of God's love in this world? There is injustice that happens in our city, in our world, in our state, everywhere. If we began to see each other through the love of Christ, I wonder what would happen. Last night in the Miss America pageant, 
Um, yeah, that's right. It's not like the game was any good, but there, there was a, one of the ladies that said, I want to save the world one person or change the world one person at a time. And I looked at my brother-in-law and I said, there's seven billion of us. You better start soon. And I thought that was such hokey beauty pageant stuff. But in essence, that's exactly what God has called us to do. He saved the world one person through one person, Jesus Christ. And then he gave us the power of the Holy Spirit and he said, go and do the same. And you're not going to do it in mass. You're not going to, to stand on the street corner and shout the love of God and 700 people will come to you. Now, God may work that way and that's awesome if he does, but more then likely what it is is the way God has set us up is to live in relationships and to love him and to love others. And as we do that one-on-one experiencing and giving the love of Christ, we will begin to see what a world would be like where there is no more suffering, where there is no more pain, where there is no more condemnation, where there is no more death or sickness or war or famine. That's the kind of world that I want to live for. And that's the kind of world that he promises us. Shema Israel Adonai Elohim Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And love your neighbor as yourself. Daryl and the worship team are coming up and they're going to play one more song to think about this. And it's one of Daryl's songs called Shema. Um, and it is written about, you guessed it, the Shema. The song is um, one of the uh, songs on his new CD, which is entitled Strangers, Orphans, and Widows. Um, you have, without knowing it, um, already um, sung some of those songs, Shema being one of them, Feast of the Kings um, being another, um, Hallelujah um, being um, a third that I can think of off the top of my head. And, um, and that CD is available out in the, um, uh, the uh, atrium. Um, and 10 bucks, you get that great picture of Daryl. And on the cover, you get a fabulous picture of me. That's right. I'm the silhouette right at the very end of the bar. It's just my little silhouette. But now you know that greatness dons the cover of his CD. Um, and Ryan Jacobson is on there too, whatever. But... Uh, <laughs> because he's strange, um, stranger. Uh, so we, uh, I would love for you to go and uh, to support Daryl's Chapter 3 Ministries um, by picking one of those up. They're $10, and it's really some great stuff that you already sing if you come here. Um, and, uh, and we will get to sing the Shema right now. Go.